This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. The show is growing faster every single week, and I have each of you to thank for it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for all of the DMs. Please keep them coming. And ultimately, thank you for your ongoing support of the show. I love seeing the growth. I love hearing from so many of you on just how helpful the show has been in your careers. And today, we're going to keep that coming. Today, we got another great guest that I can't wait to get started with. I'm super excited to welcome Dan Fantasia to the show. Dan is the founder, the president, and the CEO of Treeline Recruiting. Treeline was founded in 2001 with an exclusive focus on helping companies build world-class, high-performing sales teams. They've been in business for over 20 years and have helped sales organizations of all kinds navigate every kind of environment and circumstance imaginable. I'm talking about the great ones, I'm talking about the hard ones, and I'm talking about everything in between. Thousands of teams and even more thousands of careers have been improved because of the work Dan and his team have done. Now, Dan and Treeline have literally, and I'm not exaggerating here, go, go check them out. You're going to be as dumbfounded as I was. They've won more awards than I can even attempt to share. The list is long. Multiple Stevie Awards, multiple Inc. recognitions, multiple Forbes Awards, and so many more. Dan's been even showcased as an, as an employment expert by Fox News. This list of accolades is massive, and that's what comes when you're at the top of your game for over 20 years. And while I love the success and I'm attracted to it, the thing that really gets my attention is when Dan told me his mission. He said, very simply, we advance the careers of salespeople in the United States. And that, that's something every single sales leader should be excited about and connect to. 
And that's why our topic today is an important one. We're going to talk about one of the most important skills any sales leader needs to have. It's one that we need to come back to from time to time. And I'm excited to have Dan share his insights that are unique to his skill set. Dan, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast. And thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. That was awesome. Awesome, man. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you for being willing to join us. I, I'm pumped about having you. Like, we're at a time right now where the message that you have and the insights that you have might, it may never be more important than it is right now. So um, I, I, I'm excited to have you. So thanks for joining us. Why don't you start by introducing us to Treeline and, and what you guys do for your customers? That sounds great. Yeah, we've been, so as you mentioned, we've been in business since 2001. Uh, when we got started, obviously the economy was not great. And six months after opening the doors was September 11th. So we wow. really had a fight, right? We really had a fight. And by the way, the name of the company was Treeline. <laughs> Who starts a recruiting firm with the name Treeline? Where does that come of, from, by the way? What, what is that about? Uh, you know what that is? I, I was a ski bum in Wyoming. And so I, I'm nice. a big skier. I love the risk. I like to be above the tree line. I like the, the oh. you know, I like the hard work to get there. I like the steeps, all those things. So for outdoor adventurers, for hikers, skiers, athletes, it's all about getting above their tree line in their career. And that's why we named it tree line. Love it. We'll have to get you to Salt Lake City and ski here sometime. <laughs> So, so you guys got started at a crazy time and you fought through it. And for the last yeah. 20 years, you've been focusing on sales teams and building what I love. You use one of my favorite words, elite sales teams. Why focus on sales? Yeah. Well, first of all, why not? There's just, there's not enough people that support our community. It's just, not, there's, there's very, matter of fact, almost no search firms are exclusive to sales. We mm. are. That's our commitment. Our commitment is to the sales community. It is to helping companies find elite athletes, and it is helping sales individuals advance their careers, both professionally as well as financially. And if we don't do it, who's going to? Because it's so hard. The recruiting field for sales is very, very difficult. And that's why so many companies disappear and drop out. But we're in for the long haul. We've been doing it for 22 years, as you had mentioned. We're not giving up. We'll continue to support the sales community for as long as we possibly can. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so you're uniquely qualified and have a really cool perspective to talk about what we're going to talk about today because you see it all. You see the mature companies, you see the startup companies, you see the tech, the non-tech, the finance, all of it. You, you work with all of them and, and you're able to bring some perspective and that matches our audience. We got 50,000 sales leaders listening right now worldwide in every industry you can imagine at every different stage of company maturity imaginable. And I coach a whole bunch of the, of leaders. I, I, I work with a lot of leaders. I, we have a lot of listeners. I have a community of 800 uh, sales leaders that ask me questions. And one of the things that I've noticed, Dan, is recruiting is something that you have to like, you got to be good at it. You, you can't be accidental with it. I, I think if you're accidental at everything, it means that you're going to be average at best. And I see so many hiring mistakes made. I see some leaders who fill slots fast. I have ones who ask me, man, Rob, what do I do? I see others that sit back with their fingers crossed, hoping their HR partner gives them a pipeline of people. And then I see others that they get the people they want whenever they seem to need them. So I guess I'd love to start with how does a sales leader turn recruiting into a competitive strength? Is that even possible? Yeah, totally. 
you know, we all talk about it, but the best executives, our CROs and VPs that really hire, their number one key characteristic is they make it a priority, a top priority, right? So many, you're so busy, you're what? Number one, you're looking at your, your, your goals for the year and your budget. You're looking at your territories and your reps, and you're thinking about how are you going to hit that number? The best VPs, the best executives, they make it a top priority. It is important to them. They have a playbook. They work closely with us to find top talent and move them through the process quickly. I love that you said it's not just a priority. The adjective you used was a top priority. <laughs> and, and, and it's not even accidental. Like, I love how you said we have a playbook. Like, we have developed some of these things. Uh, in your experience working with sales leaders, like thousands of them over 20 some odd years, how common is it for someone to have a recruiting playbook at the ready one in your experience? Not, it's not, it's not, you know, what, what happens is, you know, many times it's a pain point. So at first um, companies would try to recruit in their own, then they realize you're, you're a quarter behind on two hires, both territories are a million point two for the year. So now you're down what? 600 grand. And a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're figuring out, oh man, we got to get this done. And they come to find out that the internal recruiting team, they just have a million other jobs. And because sales recruiting is so difficult, guess what? It's the last role they want to recruit for. It's too difficult. So now VPs find themselves wondering where the pipeline is. They're down on their number. And if they don't get up and ahead of it, they end up losing their job after 18 months because 12, 18 months, because they have not satisfied the need of putting the right people in the right seats to make sure they hit their goals. How do you like, so you work with these guys and you've talked about playbooks and, and I, I know with a lot of companies, like I'm thinking of some of my clients that are larger organizations, they, they tell me, Oh, I'm hoping that my HR partner brings me people. Well, one of the problems is generalist recruiting is different than the, what you need specifically for sales, I would imagine. Right. I mean, is it how important is it to have a sales recruiting playbook versus just a recruiting playbook? Oh, it's, it's the most important thing. <laughs> it is totally different, right? 90% of the roles that the internal team is recruiting for is not in sales, right? It's ops, it's IT, it's everything that is opposite of what you need to recruit an aggressive salesperson. They're totally different personalities. So how do you attract them? How do you get them excited? How do you get their time when they're killing it and they're the number one rep of their company? How do you recruit them and get them interested in considering or hearing about other opportunities? If you hmm. can't do that, then how do you expect to get top talent? What happens to a lot of these people, Rob, is they, you know, maybe they post jobs. And so they get a small pipeline and they end up hiring the best of the worst because they haven't seen real talent. They just hire the best people that they've been introduced to. And it's just not effective enough to build a strong team. Well, let's, let's sit in that for a minute before we get into some other things. I, I, I know we don't have time to like go through how do you build a full play, but is there like two or three things that would be starting points? Like say, listen, if you want to think about having a recruiting playbook or a, a upping your recruiting skill, what are like one or two things that you commonly use as a starting point to help leaders up their game? Well, first is, you know, we want to make sure it's a top priority. Two is accountability. If, if, if you mm. don't have to use us, you can use an internal, uh, an internal recruiting department, but you should be treating them just like your sales organization. So what are the KPIs and metrics required to be successful? 
right? How many people do you need to reach out to? Let's just use LinkedIn. How many people do you need to reach out to on LinkedIn per week? How, what's your conversion rate? How many of those people are going to connect back? How many of those people that connect back are going to do an interview, right? What are the metrics? What happens, unfortunately, is that HR doesn't report up to the VP. So the VP has no, they can't hold anyone accountable. So they're trying to figure out why aren't I getting my talent? Well, if it was their sales team, let's just take their sales team and say, you know what, for the next month, all I want you to do is hunt and recruit for me. And this is what I expect. I need, I expect a hundred connects per day. I expect 10 interviews per week. You know, there, there has to be some kind of metric. And if there is no key performance indicators to understand if your team is heading in the right direction or not, then you're at the mercy of the market and whoever applies, you get sent and then you interview those. And like I said, you hire the best of the worst. You can use like, use our contingency service. I'll tell you, it costs you nothing. We'll compete with your HR team. If our, if our candidates aren't that much better, don't hire them. It costs you nothing. I really like how you said it starts with prioritizing. I, I'm thinking about this right now. Very few leaders have been given training on what should be in your leadership cadence. And like, what are the things that we do every week? And so we're thinking about like, meetings, you know, forecasting meetings yeah. or one-on-ones or maybe it's sales meetings or maybe there's things we do with the people we report to. I, there's all kinds of things. Every, every single one's different. But rarely do I see people having their weekly cadence recruiting unless mm -hmm. they have a stale opening that someone else hasn't helped them with. And so I want to I like go there for a second. Is, is when you told me the two things, making it a top priority and then having accountability, thinking about one of my clients uh, that was asked to open a new area. And he was like, I don't know how I'm going to get the people that I need. That's what he told me. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I'm like, recruiting should always be part of what you do. He's like, even if I don't have open territories, I'm like, yes. Like, do you like, is that something they should do? Like we should always be connecting or having a coffee or like, is that something, am I right on that? Am I wrong on that? Is that, do you need to have a cadence around you're always doing that even when you don't need the people? Yes, but, but here's the but. So for okay. us, so we, we are a sales organization, right? Every one of your clients, we function as a sales organization, right? Key performance indicators and accountability. That's okay. how we get it done. We do it every day, every week, every month, every year. And that's what it takes. It takes that, that kind of consistency to build the relationships, right? You're calling on a top rep, and you don't get them for eight months because everything seems to be going well. But in month eighth, something changes or the quotas doubled, their comp structure, whatever, the new VP, new manager, whatever it is. We're constantly in front of them. We've been doing this for 22 years. So we have all these people. We know who they are. We track them. We stay in touch with them. We give them advice to advance their career. We are doing that constantly and have been for 20, you know, for 22 years. The disadvantage for an internal HR team or even a VP is that they just, when they don't have a role open, they don't see the value in keeping something like that going consistently over time. And I understand why. I understand why they get to us and we fill a role in 30 days. You give us a role, that's how fast it is. You come to us, just be ready because on day one, that's why we ask. We want to make sure it's a top priority. If it's not, top, not a top priority, it's just not worth our time because we'll move too fast. And if you're not moving as quickly as we are, you're going to lose all these great candidates and we're all just going to waste a whole ton of time, right? The top reps just won't stay around. They're not going to have the patience to get through your process. So you really, it's really hard for a company that doesn't have an opening to be doing what we're doing constantly and consistently every single day of the year. 
All right. So I'm thinking of it now as a people pipeline is I don't even know if that's a good term or not, but, um, but, but it seems to me, that's what we need to be having is like, we're building relationships. I've always said that my definition of networking is building relationships you can count on before you need them. Um, Mm -hmm. Sounds like that's almost what you're saying is developing like relationships with people that you might have interest in hiring someday before you meet them. Right. so, so for people that are like trying to be, develop this as a skill, I, I'm going to go back to what you said, A, make it a top priority, B, develop some accountability. Like you said, what are the recruiting KPIs and the, and the recruiting metrics? Uh, that's a really interesting way of thinking of that for a, for a leader. Do you have recruiting KPIs and recruiting metrics? And some of it may be LinkedIn's, like you said, some of it may be get to know you. Some of it may be meeting guys like you. Um, I like that concept. I, I I think that that's something that a lot of people could benefit from in saying, what are my KPIs? How do I get out in front of that so I can have I can have relationships before I need them? Because once you need them, you're behind the eight ball, right? Yeah. I mean, think of this thing. Let's say you said, Dan, we want Treeline to help us an enterprise salesperson. And I want someone from a competitor. I want them in this region. And this is my comp. And by the way, the comp is a little bit light. We go to market, we reach out and we say, you know what? After week one, Rob, we have totally failed. And I'll tell you why. We've reached out to 450 candidates. We got, you know, I don't know, 100 of them got back to us. We spoke with uh, 20 of them and they all said they're not interested in the opportunity. So what is, so you need, you need that data, right? So Rob, what is the choice? The reason why they told us they're not interested is because there's bad press and we need to reposition the way we talk about our company, the messaging's off, or the comp is too low. No one's going to do the comp. Or three, you said you want these people, they all have non-competes and you told us you won't fight a non-compete. So those are the barriers. What are we changing? Are we increasing the comp? Are we stopping? Are we no longer going after competitors because they all have non-competes, Right. Or how are we positioning the company? The, the, the point is, mm. we reach out to the market, we get the data, we share the data with you so you have some insight and understanding how to pivot. And then we pivot based on those factors. And then we go back at it. And we call another 400 people. And now we have 10 that we really like and eight that you're interviewing next week. I like that. The data around it, gathering that data around recruiting and, and understanding it. Because I think sometimes as leaders, we it's like you said earlier, we get so focused on, hey, I got a number to hit and I've got the team that I do have. And, you know, this territory is open or I've got these must win deals that I got to find a way to win. Um, sometimes I think that the job we have, we, we might we might just say, give me the people. I, I don't know the data. And ha- maybe I could see why having a partner that gets the data how important is it to be on top of that recruiting data and know what's going on in your market from a recruiting perspective? How big of a difference maker is that? It's everything. Because is the market, it? Yeah, it, it's change, it changes all the time. It's moving, we're pivoting, everything's changing. If you don't, so if you have a recruiting team that's recruiting, the first thing you want to do is figure out how many people did you reach out to? And if someone says, your recruiter says five, well, there's, there's a problem. They say 300, great. Why did they, why are the candidates, why aren't I interviewing anyone? You know, you, you want to understand what is the issue? What are the challenges? And right now, likely you're going to HR saying, where are my people? And they say, well, we just don't have them. Okay, but where's the why? Why don't they have them? 
Is it activity-based? Is the message wrong? Is the comp off? Like, what are the issues? Because that's what you have to drill down to, to figure out how to find the right person for your organization. Let's shift now. We're, we've been here for, man, time's going fast. I can't believe we're where we are in the time already. You've, since you focus on sales, I would guess you have some insights on common denominators in hiring successful salespeople that are part of elite teams. Any common denominators that you've that you found that lead to hiring really great salespeople? Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's one that I, one I consider, but there are a lot of characteristics that are critically important to finding the right person. If you want a top producer, the best and most solid producers are the people with the strongest work ethic. They want to work. They outwork their peers. They outwork the competition. They are workers. So identifying and identi you know, identifying, finding those individuals that want to work is critically important. Now, if they don't have, if they have the aptitude and they don't have the hard skills that, that, that are needed to be a top producer in your organization, that means you can still hire these hard workers, but it's going to take a long time to ramp them up. And that's usually not realistic. You don't hire us to go find that person. You find, you come to us when you want to hire the, the, the hard worker that has the hard skills, hard skills, meaning you know, you understand their quota, you understand their average deal size, you understand their sales cycle, you understand what kind of sales environment you have. Are you strategic selling environment or transactional sales environment, right? If you have a $1.2 million quota and your average deal size is 150 grand and you got a six to 12 month sales cycle, then you need to find someone that's strategic in nature at an enterprise level that can sell to the C-level audience. If you bring in a transactional individual because they've got energy and drive and passion, but they don't have the hard skills to handle an enterprise sale, guess what? They're going to fail in six months. Vice versa, if you look at a transaction, if you look at a, uh, if you have a transactional sale and you hire an enterprise salesperson, they sound great, they present incredibly well, they just seem like an absolute superstar. You hire them and they quit after six months because they say, you know what? I'm an enterprise person. I'm used to a long deal. I'm not used to all this trend, this transactional activity. I just can't keep up with it. It's not enjoy. It's not enjoyable to me. I don't like it. And they leave. So you mm -hmm. need to have the hard skills. Additionally, you need to have the soft skills that, that match your environment, right? You might have an engineering product sold to engineers. And as a result, you need a person that has a, that, that has a degree in engineering that might not be that driven in your face type of individual, but they're a top producer because they're a hard worker. They fit the mold. They understand the audience and they sell to them. You also might need someone that's incredibly competitive, driven, motivated, hungry, right? Standard sales, sales characteristics that you think are important. The problem is if you have a technical environment, but you think you want a hard driven, motivated individual, they fail in the environment because they just, they're not used to selling to that audience. So there's, there's a bunch of key criteria that you need, but to find the top producers and you understand the hard skills and the soft skills that match your selling environment, the hard, the, the workers, those will be your top producers over time. Really love how you went past just the hard worker though, because I've seen, I've seen people who will say, Hey man, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And they just, they're kind of like a glorified order taker. And you, you love the effort. You love the hard work. But I love how you said they got to have like the skill, like I know why I win. I, 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 I'm very strategic in how I leverage those skills. I'm not just saying, oh, you wanted 50 calls. Well, I gave you 60. Right. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Because yes. are you with me on that? Like, totally. 
because hard work isn't enough, I don't think. And that's why I love that you layered on. If you don't have the hard work, okay, you're going to probably struggle. But then you've got to have someone who knows why. I'm thinking many times I've had people talk to me saying, man, I missed an opportunity, Rob. I was, we had this big successful quarter or year or whatever. And then I was asked, what was it that led to your success? And we we're like, we worked really hard. And, and that's a bad answer. Like, you got to know why. I love those, some of those things that you talked about. And so is that something you should be on high alert for is it's yes, here's, here's what my rhythm is, but here's why my rhythm is what my rhythm is. Is, is that the blend? Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you only hire a hard worker, then you, you need to have the aptitude to ramp them up. And you have to realize that the ramp up for that person is going to be very long. And many companies, they just don't think you can't afford to ramp someone up over 18 months, right? You need them now. That's why we're valuable, right? Give, we need, we, you need all of those pieces that, that fit the sales environment that we're recruiting for. And we've got to find the skill set to meet it. One of the biggest hiring misses I ever made as a, as a VP of sales was I hired a guy that was a multiple president's club winner for a large tech company brought him into a young tech company, like a startup environment that didn't have all of the tools that this person was accustomed to having. I just thought top salesperson in tech, uh, bring them over here. We'll be, no, it was a massive fail. And we hung on to this person for a long time because of that background. And we just kept trying and trying. It never got there because of the stuff I think you're talking about is understanding why I win. And, and, I think that as a leader, you can do a good job matching. Will this candidate win in my environment? Do I have the tools that these people are accustomed to? And do they have the know-how that we know we need? So I guess that makes me think, how well do you need to know your sales deal dynamics when you're hiring people? I, that seems like an obvious question, but the, is that a miss for a lot of people? Yeah. Yeah. If you Well, um, for us, when we do a search, we, 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 we have to ask those questions. And if they yeah. don't know, we will not kick off a search until they understand their selling environment. We just won't. And, and the reason we won't is because it's a moving target. You don't know. And by the way, any strong salesperson should be asking us those questions. What's the average deal size? What's the sales cycle? What's the quota? Who are you selling to? Who's the audience, right? If they're not asking those questions, you've got a problem. And if you don't know those questions, if you don't know the answers to those questions, then we've got to pause and we, 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 we will either help you figure that out or we'll wait until you've got it figured out before we do any search. All right. So I'm, I'm going back over what we've talked about. Start with making it a top priority. Then you build accountability and metrics that will lead to a rhythm. Um, we have to have a good understanding of the data that's fueling why salespeople are going places. Is that the blueprint? Like, what am I, what else is there? Like, what am I missing? And, and I guess the next thing that I would ask is, is what are the most common mistakes outside of not making it a top priority? Or is it, is it really that simple? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's gotta be a top priority. It's pretty much that simple, but the, the number, the number two thing I'd say is, um, so we, when we start a meeting, a kickoff call, we ask, uh, why, why would someone join your company? And it, it always amazes me, um, to hear the elevator pitch from a CRO or what have you, because that is that usually it's amazing how often people miss the mark on that. 
it usually starts with, well, the company's great and it's been in business this long and this is our technology and it's the best technology ever. But we're trying to figure out why, why did you join the company? The culture, the environment, what is it that makes it so special? Right? People, they want to understand the technology. They want to have awesome technology. But you know what? They want to sustain a career in a healthy organization. They don't want to go from one company. They don't want to leave their current career, disrupt their career to go to your company to find out that they're there for six months or eight months or 12 months because it's just such a rotten environment. So it, the, the sell is around the intangibles. Why did you join the company? Why is it so exciting? How am I getting people excited about the organization? Because if I just repeat what's written on the website, there's no use for me. They can just <laughs> read the website themselves. Like, yeah. What's not on the website? Kind of like a candidate, right? You want to know what's so great about this candidate. I can read their resume, but what makes them so different? All the things that aren't on the resume that we learn about, that we figure out that they, you know what, they started working when they were 15 years old because they walked to a, you know, a, a pizza place every day after school, right? I, I, whatever it is, I want to know the story. Like, who is this person outside of what's written on your resume? Tell me who you are as an individual. And it's the same thing with the companies. We want to be able to tell them, give, give the candidates some, something that's passionate and exciting and, you know, something that we can, uh, in, 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 you know, uh, just get enthusiasm from and that tends that. to be missing. I, I think you're right. I, I think sometimes, sometimes we just kind of, when someone meets you the first time they they send their best representative forward, right? You don't even know that person, you know, what they want you to see from them. How hard we love, can we talk about that for a second? Like, how do you learn who someone really is? I love that story. Like, they started when they were 15 years old and walked all this to, to the pizza place to work. I, I, like, that's awesome. Like, like that made like the hair stand up on the back of my neck. And that made me think, you know, what are the things that you should do? Because we get a resume or we get a video interview or we get whatever we get. And we have our hiring process and we interview for skills, hopefully, and stories. But any ideas from you for, for a pretty large base of 50,000 people who are hiring people at different times? How do you really find out who you're getting? Any, any thoughts there on how do you really find out who those people are? Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, people may agree or disagree with this, and it's not traditional. What I always do is, what many of my teammates do is, we say, don't consider this an interview. It's just a conversation. Like it. You, you like don't have it. to sell me. I'm not going to sell you. I'm just trying to figure out what you've done in your background so that I can help find a good match. If I can help you find a good match, I will help you sustain a career for a long period of time. You won't be jumping back and forth. But I can't do that unless you really help me figure out who you are. And I'm going to ask you a lot of weird questions that might seem unusual, but it helps me understand the story and who you are. And so I always like to ask, you know, I like to look between the lines. I like to ask questions that start like that, right? What, what did you do in college? Oh, did you work in college? What were you doing? Oh, I was, I was actually, um, you know, I was a BDR for, a, you know, whatever, a, a, a small tech company, or I, I worked, you know, some kind of studies or I, I, whatever it is. As long as I want to understand what you're doing, or I played, I played hockey. Great. How'd you get, what were your grades? Why, how did you survive? You know, I just want to understand their work ethic. I want to understand that they're hard workers, that they roll up their sleeves and there's a, there's a determination to be successful and they're all, it's always been there. It's not something that it's, it's, it's in them, right? It's part of their soul. It's just who they are. I'm trying to figure out and find that person. 
really awesome. This is a fun conversation. I, I love, I love this, this focus you have on getting to know salespeople and, and, and how you make that a skill. I, I think the last 15 minutes that we have, I, I I'd love to, I'd love to love you give maybe a little advice to, to some of these, these listeners that we have. How do you, how do you add recruiting to your ongoing rhythm? Anything that you should start doing immediately or, or maybe stop doing? I, I mean, I know, I, I know that it's hard, like you said, without, without hiring someone, but, but for people who want to try, like, how do they make recruiting part of their rhythm, like their ongoing rhythm. Does that make sense? Is that a good question? Is that a good talking point for us? Yeah, it, it is, but it's, it, it's, it's hard for executives to accept that if they're not hiring. It just is. It's hard for them to make it a priority. Crap, it's hard to make a priority when they really need somebody. <laughs> you know, no, that's like, why I want to talk about it. Like, is it like, is it mission impossible or, or can it be done? Oh, it can be done. It can be done. Okay. But it's, you would have to, you'd have to have some rigid structure around car. You'd have to have carved out time, right? During the week. I don't know if it's once a week, if you're not, if you're not hiring, and I'm assuming what you're saying is we're not, you're not hiring right now, but you're always in the, you're always in search for good talent, carve out an hour a week, search for talent, and then track it. You, you I love have that. to track the talent. You can't, you know, you it, track them basically. Um, if you can track them when you're looking to hire, you should have a handful of candidates. I mean, you're probably finding what, I don't know, five or six that you really like per week and track them. There's got to, you know, figure out a way to drip on them and track them and connect with them. I mean, that's basically, that's what we do. We're just constantly, just constantly dripping on them, constantly in touch. I really like that though. I, the reason I like it is I'm thinking of some of the best sales leaders I work with. They they carve out time for things that would be like maybe non-traditional. Like I, I'm thinking of one guy that, you know, once a month he carves out a, a professional development day. He's he's a sales leader of a big company and and he's like, if I'm not growing and improving, then I'm gonna become transactional. So once a month he has a day where he takes no meetings and all he does is work on himself. I have another guy that once a month, he has a day where he takes meetings from vendors. Even if he's not looking to buy stuff, he wants vendors to show him what's the latest and greatest. And sometimes he doesn't end up buying. And I like what you're saying, like carve out a little bit of time, not even a whole day. It's like an hour here and it's an hour there. Find them and track them. What a great idea. Um, you, you have to track them though, right? If yeah. you find you, it's not the, the biggest mistake is if you spend it for the mistake for our recruiters, if the recruiter gets started and they find, you know, 500 people this week, if they're not organized and tracking the top ones, then it's, it's useless. It's just a bunch of data. And then it's a thousand next week. And at the end of the month, it's 2000. They, they have no idea who they're tracking, who they're going after. So for VPs or executives, you have to track the talent, right? It's not just connecting with them on LinkedIn and then doing nothing. It's connecting with them on LinkedIn, knowing when you connect with them and give them, if you want, rank them based on their resume or, or their LinkedIn profile, whatever, but make sure you're tracking the top producers so that when you do have a need, you can reach out to 50 people and you're ready to go. And so even if it was only like your top five people that you got your eye on, that's better than zero, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's what I'm hearing you say. 
Yeah. That, that seems doable to me, a small number. Like, I love how you think in terms of 300, 400, 500, your top 50. I'm, but you're right. For an executive, if they're not hiring, man, I'm, tell, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of, one, of a story way back, like a year, like 20 years ago when you started your company. Um, it was a tech company. It was my one of my first VP jobs. And my CEO said, made one of my KPIs. I want you to take one of, for our biggest competitor, you have to hire one of the top three reps away. That was one of the things. I had to hire one of the top three reps away from our competitor. So it wasn't just we were trying to build. We wanted to hurt the competitor. That, that was what one of my KPIs were. And I, not only did I have to get them, I had to have evidence on what the sales levels were at that company so I could prove to the CEO that we took one of the top three away. That was an interesting, we could have a show just on that. <laughs> and and um, and so that was his way of making it a top priority for me. And I've never had another person prioritize it like that before, but for damn near a year, I was like in hot pursuit. I ended up getting a number two. I, I, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that was my closest yeah. thing. I've never prioritized it like that ever before or since. And I'm kind of, I'm sitting here thinking, man, Dan, you're onto something. We can, we can easily have a top 10, just like we have our top 10 most wanted prospects to win. We could maybe have our top five or top 10 reps that we're interested in watching and knowing and being connected with. If that's all you do, then you're ahead of the game, right? Yeah. And you know what? When you get that list and your recruiting team goes out to recruit for them, show them the list. Here's the 10 people that I like. See their background? Wow, See where they work? That. See where they come from? See what they've done? Like a lot of times you say, I want, you know, five to seven years of SaaS experience. I want to make sure that they're, you know, a $1.2 million quota, whatever it is. You give that to HR and HR struggles and they're trying to figure it out and they just don't drive anyone to you. You give them that list and you say, okay, here's the list. This is what I'm looking for. Now, I need you to reach out to 300 people per week to get to eight people that might talk to you this week or whatever. I don't know what the metrics are. You have to talk to the HR team. You have to let them roll it out and then see what their productivity looks like and what their success is. But you can work back on those numbers once they've shown you what happens in a week. And in the first week, if they want to reach out to 10 people, then you're just screwed. You've got to you've light a fire under someone's butt. And if no one's giving you the support, then you've got to go out, outside of the company and get it. This has been a fun conversation. Um, let's start to wrap this thing up because I think we've we've had a really great conversation. Um, I want to I want to give you a chance to give people opportunity to get a hold of you, but then I want to come back and have you do like some final thoughts for fifty thousand listeners on how they they can make recruiting a skill. Uh, because I love how you you're one of the people who made me think of it that way. Like, what is the leadership skill of recruiting, and how are we developing that? So let's start by how do they get more of you? How do they connect to you? How do they, you know, tap into your resources? Uh, you guys have a lot of resources and, and you're a good follow. Uh, how do they connect to you and Treeline, et cetera? And then let's come back and take a few minutes at the end on, on how, how, how do we turn recruiting into a skill? Yeah, the easy, well, first of all, just if you want, go to our website. It's Treeline Inc. So T-R-E-E-L-I-N-E-I-N-C.com. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn right? Same thing, Treeline Inc. Uh, you yep. can e email, you can call, you can find me, Dan Fantasia on LinkedIn, connect anytime. And you can email me or call me directly at any point. My email address is Fantasia at treelineinc.com. And my phone number is 781-327-8902. All right. So, and we'll put those links in the show notes to make it easy for people. We'll, we'll make it super easy. And I, 
I would encourage everyone to start following. And if you have questions, reach out. And and I know that it can be hard to hire elite salespeople. And, and Dan and his team can help you do that. So so Dan, let's let's start to put a bow on this conversation. This has been a great one. I, I, you've made me think a lot. And uh, and this idea of skills, like we 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 know we are only as good as the team that we build and great teams are built. You know, we, we don't just inherit them. We got to build them. There's a lot that goes into that, but it starts with who you hire, I think. And can you put some final thoughts together? Take whatever time you feel like we need to take, but final thoughts to 50,000 listeners. How do you turn recruiting into a skill? Like, I think that's such a good way of looking at it. I've got skills and doing so many things. What about recruiting? How do you do it? Um, I'd say five, five things. One, like we mentioned, make it a priority okay. to learn how to sell your company, learn, think about why you're there. What are the, why are you there and learn how to sell it? Uh, three, assume that when you're talking to top talent, they don't need or want your job. So you got to work, you have to work hard to get them right. If you make them jump through all kinds of crazy hoops, uh, millions of interviews, just expect to lose them. And the only ones that really stay in the game long enough, are the ones that just don't have any other opportunities. Um, move fast. And then lastly, find the resources. Either, you know, work with your HR team to have some accountability. And if they can't drive the traffic you need, uh, get a budget and go outside and, you know, find someone that can help you. A great conversation, Dan. I, 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 congratulations on your success. Uh, and as a member of the sales community, thank you for what you're doing to help advance careers of salespeople and build better sales teams all around the country. Um, his name is Dan Fantasia. We, we, we encourage you to check out the links that we've got in the show notes. Check out their work. If you want to build an elite sales team, if you want to stay elite, if you already are, my advice is to follow Dan's advice and make recruiting a top priority. Uh, find ways to build it into a rhythm with accountability and ultimately prioritize the skill that you create. And, and if you want to do it, reach out to Dan because he can help you. Dan, thank you for joining us on behalf of 50,000 sales leaders all around the world. I thank you for giving us an hour of your time. And as I say to everybody, brother, happy selling. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me, Rob. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I am so excited to bring to you that this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. We are having a different year than we've ever had, and as sales leaders, we are facing new challenges we've never had to face. And as a result, every sales leader needs to find ways to create or more impact with the people we lead. It takes intentionality and it takes prioritization to stay fresh, modern, and current so you can have high impact. And that's why you need to check out Sales Leadership United. It's the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Members of Sales Leadership United have access to proven trainings, techniques, and tactics used right now to solve leadership challenges by some of the world's most successful sales leaders. With a simple search, you can find sales leadership resources, proven frameworks, modern systems, sales meeting ideas you can use immediately, and much, much more. Systems on any leadership topic you'll ever need are ready for you to tap into at Sales Leadership United. 
hundreds of video segments from some of the most successful sales leader in the world are one search away. You can find Sales Leadership United on Patreon, and for less than the cost of lunch, you can have access to more sales leadership materials than you may have ever imagined. New material is released every week, and you will never be operating on old systems as a member of Sales Leadership United. So click the link in the show notes and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, Dan brought an important topic back to our show today, recruiting. As a leader, recruiting is something we always need to be doing. Sometimes I find that leaders only recruit when they have an opening or they just rely on their HR partner to give them candidates as needed. And when you look at these things that make up your leadership operating rhythm, I'd suggest that recruiting needs to be one of the foundations, something you need to do with intention, something you need to plan for, something you're specific about. We should always be on the alert to find people who will take us to the next level. One of my experiences in my career taught me this a long, long time ago. So let's get in our hot tub time machine. I want to take you back to one of my very first VP of sales jobs. It's longer ago than I want to even tell you. Um, we were a dot-com company. We'd raised a lot of money. We we're doing a lot of cool things. I had a CEO who, I'll be honest, was a challenge to work for. Uh, he did a lot of things, but there's some eyebrows that were raised in how he went about his job. But I'll tell you, one of the things this guy was good at was recruiting. He knew that getting the best people was a difference maker. And anytime you listen to this person talk, he always goes back to the importance of the best people. He knew we had to get the best people if we were going to go places that the company hadn't gone before. One day he came into my office. He told me that my comp plan was going to change because I wasn't chasing down the very best people. I was, you know, recruiting people as we needed it, getting good people, but he wanted me to take it up a notch and know that we were getting the very best people. So here's what he did. We had two main competitors, and he wanted me to get the, st the stack rankings of the top salespeople from each of these two competitors. Then I had to recruit one of the top two reps from one of the competitors and one of the top three from the other competitors. So if you look at these two competitors, basically the, 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 the universe of, of reps that I could go to is five reps. I had to get one of the top two from one company and one of the top three from the other company. And if I could get number one from either company, I got a kicker in my bonus. So my comp depended on a lot of things, but now I had a really big one and it was my ability to, to take the very best people from our competitors. He wanted it because of what it would do for us and he also wanted to put the hurt on the competitors. It was a really interesting experience. Uh, and, and I learned a lot about intentionally recruiting. I learned how to learn who the best people were. I learned how to gain influence with who those people uh, were and what, and what motivated them. I learned how to play the long game and win them over, how to be very thoughtful about what I wanted my team to look like. This was when I really started to understand how to not let a lack of resources turn into a lack of resourcefulness. Um, while I'm not saying that the way my CEO did this was necessarily the right way to do it, it was a really important experience for my development because recruiting is something that should be a top priority for every single one of us. And I really appreciated Dan's insights as someone who's helped more sales teams hire than anyone else I know. He shared a blueprint on being intentional in the recruiting and the team building process that I really appreciated and I hope you'll take seriously. Listen, my CEO and my story gave me recruiting objectives and recruiting metrics. And Dan's right. You need recruiting objectives and recruiting metrics. Those should be something that we're staying very consistent in. Most of us don't do it until we have like 
panic time. And we got to start recruiting now. And I got holes now. So I want you to have a rhythm with this. I don't want you to just take who you can get. I want you to go get who you want because the elite leaders, they find ways to make room for the best people on their team. They don't just wait to bring the best people on when there's an opening. They go get those best people and they find ways to get them on board. So let's say it again. Don't just take who you can get. Go get who you want because this is a skill. 100% this is a competency that you need to develop as part of your sales leadership skill set. So my advice is to go back down, go back and write down Dan's five things that will make recruiting a skill. He finished our episode with his five things that will turn recruiting into a skill. I'll turn that into a video. It will show up in Sales Leadership United. Go look for it in Sales Leadership United. You'll be glad you did. But this week, take some time to look at recruiting as a competency, as a rhythm. Be intentional about what you want your team to look like, sound like, the experiences you want them to create. You can train some of this into the team you have, no doubt about it. But I also want you to be intentional about how you up-level the team by who you bring on board. And I'd start with that blueprint that Dan gave you, okay? And I'm going to tell you, this guy's done it at a level that few ever have, so, so give this a second look. So I want to finish by thanking Dan. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. Congrats on your success, my man. It's impressive to see just how many sales organizations you've, you've been able to help become better as you've helped them be intentional in their recruiting and their growth objectives. Thank you for sharing your playbook with leaders all around the world. My advice is to connect to Dan. Reach out to him. Let him help you with your recruiting challenges and objectives. He'll help you get there faster if you go after it alone. I've got the links uh, to how you connect with Dan in my show notes to make it easy to do. Trust me, you're going to be glad to be connected to him. Finally, thank you to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. And you can support the show by checking out the new Sales Leadership United. I promise you, you're going to find this exciting. Head to Sales Leadership United dot com and check it out. You'll be glad you did. There's a link in the show notes to make it easy. It'll be one of the more exciting things you do today. Check, thanks for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. Don't ever forget that. And if you liked this message today, share it this week with someone who needs to hear it. Get after it this week because life is short and we got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. Maximize what you do today. Be elite. Live strong and chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget that you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.